We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit podcast. It's Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP, joined by my favoritist and my favoritist of our <laughs> special co-host, Miss Eve Brown. Hey. So we are, I know, I'm so excited. We are holding it down tonight. Um, so excited for the show that we have lined up. Lit news, our main segment is going to be dope. And then we're gonna come back with the health highlight because that's what this is all about. Eve, you haven't been on since we started Health Highlight. I have not. So we, instead of doing um, health wins, we do health highlights um, at the end of our show. So we pick somebody who's doing something dope in healthcare um, that affects our community and Mm -hmm. we highlight them this month because it's Black History Month. Mm -hmm. We have been um, doing Black History um, pioneers that relate to healthcare. So last week we talked about Mary Mahoney. You know, she was the first African American nurse mm-hmm. um, that laid the pathway for us. And so every week this month we're highlighting um, pioneers that made that paved the way for things like your health is lit to be born. Oh, well, that's cool. Yes. So let's hop into lit news. I'm gonna get a theme song for lit news. <laughs> but until then, y'all have to put it with my singing because I get so excited. Okay. About it. Um, okay, so my story is kind of like an odd story, but the CDC is issuing a warning um, over drinking potentially contaminated raw milk. So health okay. officials are investigating. Um, people in 19 states have been exposed to a dangerous drug-resistant bacteria from drinking raw milk. Um, at least one person is sick. So the CDC um, said there's one case of an infection called brucelliosis, um, which has been confirmed in New York. So the individual consumed raw, unpasteurized milk from Miller's Biodiversity Farm in Quarryville, Pennsylvania. I don't know if I would take anything from a city named Quarryville. <laughs> That's- yeah. That sounds shady to me. <laughs> Cow's milk? Yes. Oh. People are taking this vegan thing real far. Okay. And now you're getting brucelliosis. Um, so the investigators... Oh, they're vegan. I know. Why are they drinking cow's milk? That's oh, a- you're right. That was a that was dumb. I shouldn't... Uh-huh. That was dumb. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe they're just trying to seek, I guess, a more organic or natural... Yeah. Or organiz- organism. That's a that's also a sale. All right. I was look. I've had a little. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Vegans don't drink milk. Sorry, vegans. Don't come for me and snatch my edges. Okay. <laughs> it's late. I had a long day. Um, so people are taking this eating raw and organic too far. Um. So the states involved: Alabama, California, Connecticut. Florida, we always make a list. Georgia, Iowa, Maryland, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, Michigan, Miss Detroit over there. You yeah. are yeah, not Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Minnesota, Mississippi, 
New York, New Jersey, North Carolina, a couple other states. Um, officials say they do not know the number of people that may have been affected by the brucella strain RB51 from drinking raw milk from this farm. So it is a, a harmful germ that can um, be passed from animals to humans, yes. and it's resistant to first-line therapies, um, first-line therapy drugs, and can be very difficult to diagnose because the symptoms, it causes flu-like symptoms. Mm -hmm. um, so a weakened strain of the RB51 um, is given as a vaccine to cows. Now, we will vaccinate a cow, but won't vaccinate our children. See now. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, not, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna touch it. I just want to okay. throw that out there because we also vac vaccinate our dogs. My mm -hmm. pets get their vaccinations, but we won't vaccinate our kids. Okay, mm -hmm. all right. Um, if the milk isn't pasteurized to kill the germs, people who um, drink it will become infected. So symptoms, fever, sweats, loss of appetite, headache, fatigue, and muscle pain. What I found to be the scariest thing mm -hmm. is, well, two things. One, if a pregnant woman drinks this, the yeah. infection can cause miscarriage. Mm. Two, symptoms can take anywhere from five days to six months wow. after exposure before you um, start seeing symptoms. Mm -hmm. And it can cause like arthritis, heart problems, um, enlarged spleen, and can also cause meningitis. Wow. So the moral of the story, one, if you're drinking milk from Quarryville, Pennsylvania, anywhere between 2016 and now, mm -hmm. go talk to somebody. <laughs> and don't drink milk from anywhere in Quarryville anymore. You know, I remember this book when I was a kid um, about Louis Pasteur, the, the man who invented the whole pasteurization process. Uh-huh. And it seems like it was that very reason he invented the whole thing is to stop mm -hmm. people from like foaming at the mouth and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know tomato tomato source of um you know you know diseases and icks and you know it's like we're going backwards like yeah. louis was like no nah, don't drink unpasteurized milk that's horrible for you mm -hmm. all the scientists are like no don't get smallpox get the vaccine it's horrible for you and we're like no nah, we don't need that stuff anymore <laughs> We've we haven't seen Brucerelli in such a long time that <laughs> Okay. Um Let's it, bring that back. Yeah, <laughs> like nah, nah, we're gonna do that right where it stands. Um please do not drink any raw milk. If you have any raw milk, the CDC is um advising that you you throw the whole milk away. Mm -hmm. Or the whole cow away too grill it up for some burgers i don't that's not vegan for sure and, and the thing is if you're looking for um alternatives to drinking um regular milk mm -hmm. there's so many other options out so there like, I, I did this, yeah because i did this um cleanse about a year and a half ago where i was pretty much a, I had to do like a raw vegan diet for like 20 days as mm -hmm. part of the uh, cleanse and so i couldn't drink any milk not even like almond milk, coconut milk, or whatever out of the store. But there was a recipe to make my own almond milk, which was, was delicious. really easy. It was water and just crush the almonds like in a ninja mm -hmm. um, blender until it turned to a pulp and there was your almond milk. Hmm. Was it deliciousness? It wasn't bad. And so um, to give a little sweetness, just threw a couple of dates in it. And um, no, it, it was good. I mean, I made enough 
just because it was something raw, it won't last as long as what you would get out of the store. Yeah. So I was, I'm going to have to do it in small batches just to go like maybe three days. But no, it wasn't bad. I put it in my smoothies. So. Okay. Perfect. Alternative. So it's ways around it without, you know. Drinking, drinking raw some, milk. Yeah. Yeah. Especially raw cow's milk. I don't like cow's milk and I'm not vegan. I do love cheese, but something about, I think it's because I was a NICU nurse, like something about drinking the milk out of another animal's teat, it does something to my spirit. Um, I will wet my cereal with milk. And when I say wet, I get really mad if my cereal is like over divulged in the milk, throw the whole bowl away. I don't want it. So I wet and I like skim my cereal. I skim the milk out of my cereal. It's very weird. I'm just like, why do you just eat dry cereal? <laughs> my husband's like, just eat the dry cereal. Like this is this is a waste. Um, but I'm not a fan of cow's milk, so I definitely wouldn't drink mm-hmm. raw cow's milk. That's that's not blessed. So. Mm-hmm. And you know this um this one book I read years ago. The title was a little um, explicit. It was, it was called Skinny B. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Skinny witches. With a B. Right. right. <laughs> and, um, it made some good points. Like one of the things it said, like, you know, cow's milk is for baby cows. cows of, so why are, you know, humans drinking something that baby cows yeah. are drinking? So don't I just much. remember that being like a really eye-opening point. And like, oh, yes, that's, that's true. Oh, yeah. So not only are you drinking milk that's supposed to be for another animal, uh, animal. another mammal, and we're the only mammals that do it. Yeah, you're drinking it raw. <laughs> you really gambling with your life. Um, <laughs> quick point that has nothing to do with nothing, but because okay. I work with kids and in a pediatric office, the second you said baby cows, I was like, baby cows do 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 do. <laughs> Oh, like, I baby shark has got to go. <laughs> and I'm glad that my son is ten because we don't have any baby sharks. It's like, but it goes so hard though. And oh I yeah, I've heard. I've seen it. It goes so hard. Like it goes so hard. <laughs> oh, so. What do you have on your end for the lit news? Okay, so I saw an article about um, there is a bill going through um, Congress in Tennessee um, where they're looking to possibly prosecute pregnant women um, for using illegal drugs while pregnant and um, basically just um, prosecuting them for assault if they're born addicted to whatever the the drug is mm. so it looks like the caveat would be if the um woman is um in a addiction recovery program mm-hmm. uh, before delivery and the woman remains in the program and then completes it then that would be i guess the the way out of um not getting prosecuted um so that's that's basically the the gist of it. Mm-hmm. I am not really too sure how I feel about it. Just being a postpartum nurse, we see babies born addicted to um to all sorts of substances. Um, 
mm-hmm. won't say on a regular basis, not at the facility I'm at, but I, I've seen it often enough. Yeah. Um, and in the majority of the cases, the uh, children do not go home with the mom anyway. Yeah. So I'm not really too sure how I feel about taking that step to prosecute the mother because she either will not or cannot, for whatever reason, get treatment for the drug addiction. I mean, she's already going to lose her child more than likely. Um, and I'm not too sure how a prison sentence will help help, help her recover because you 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 only go and take that step when you're ready to actually do the work to get people and recover from it so I'm not too sure what what prison would do or jail would do yeah but you know what I kind of am now thinking because um I definitely see your point like okay well you know addiction is an illness so how is this helping but a couple things what like as a as a former NICU nurse and also you know, like seeing these kids in clinic and nursery rounds, they always end back up with the mom. So they'll, they'll take, they'll like place them somewhere. And it's like the grandma's house. Okay. Well, mom lives there. So, so what? (laughs) Uh, So, you know, the mom, I don't feel like it's very rare where unless the mom, I have seen a couple moms like place the child for adoption. Um, Yeah very rarely have I seen them removed from the mom's care to where she's out of the baby's fear. Um, But I also feel like, you know, what obligation do we have to protect the baby if the mom is, you know, consistently, you know, I had a mom today, like this is her third baby. She already knew. She's like, the baby's going to go to the NICU and going to get morphine and Ativan. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) like you know at what point do we hold them responsible because just like if we had a a child who had a medical illness Mm -hmm. and the parents were neglectful willingly or even sometimes unwillingly like there was a mom who um I saw on the news she was like trying to use essential oils or something to Mm -hmm. cure her child's type 1 diabetes and the child died and she's being charged with negligent homicide to to what level do we protect the child and to what level do we um hold somebody responsible for you know for for the actions because out of all of it like yes it's not helping the mom but the baby didn't ask for this so either go to treatment or go straight to jail and don't collect two hundred dollars and i don't think it's going to solve long term but some people only will stop doing things if there's consequences involved. And sure. right now, because when they do remove the babies, I feel like they get the babies right back um, or they still have access to the babies or they may not, like their mom was going to take care of the baby anyway. So, you know, you know I don't feel like um, we're doing enough to put our foot down because uh-huh. even though we don't see it a lot, it's too much. And these kids have long-term issues yeah. um, that they have to deal with. Uh-huh. So, you know, how do we stop it from, you know, chronically happening? Right. It's a very, it's a very complex topic. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's a step. And I just feel like at least we have a step and somebody's talking about it. I feel like it's yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it could be um, 
that motivator for a mom who's been struggling with um mm-hmm. for years to finally go okay maybe i really right. need to make an effort to, to mm-hmm. do something this time you know even if um the baby gets taken from me for a short period of time because i know with child services i know dcf down there and um cps up here um the goal the end goal is to at some point mm-hmm. try to reunify mom and baby or babies right um, right and it's yeah. never anybody's objective for you know the baby to be without their their mother like you need your mom um but we also want to make sure that we're protecting the kids and i think the bill is more like not caring like not not caring about the mom but it's like you can either stop doing drugs or go to jail because we're taking a step and putting our foot down because if the kid had asthma and the mom was just refusing to get the inhalers refilled and the kid kept coming up with um you know picu admissions we would also call dcf and and the mom would be in trouble um so i think it's just a way to protect those unborn kiddos Mm -hmm. Because they don't have a choice. This is true. This is true. And NAS babies. Mm. Honey, that one I saw this morning, mm-hmm. it was it, it just broke my heart. And mm-hmm. not and you know, all of the moms are not the same. There's some really great moms and some um, some really great moms who are just going through a hard time. I don't think anybody wakes up and be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get pregnant and do crack. Like, no. Right. <laughs> um, there's always a story. There's always uh, mm-hmm. you know, a reason. And I try to be very sensitive to those things. Mm-hmm. And, um, the mom today, you could kind of tell she, you could kind of, she was trying to like, she was like, I, I've been prescribed these meds for seven, eight years. And she had not. Um, and, but, you know, they, they want to present themselves as able. And, um, I think that it is important to understand not all of them are the same. There are some moms too, that have been absolute complete trash and don't even care. Um, and so, you know, it's to a point now where it's just like, okay, but the babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's who the bill, like what the bill is trying to, to, initiate not to mm-hmm. say that it's the absolute right way to deal with it but it's better than what we got which is yeah yeah and, and I mean in that case I think so many other things need to be addressed mm-hmm. um I do recall um when I was in Tampa um I, and I don't even think this was like any related. I don't know but there was a um a hold on the, there was a hold or something like that and uh, they caught wind that the mom had easy access to the fa- family that the baby was going to, and they nipped that in the bud quick. Oh, because mom was supposed to have zero contact with um with this child, um, and so I guess they the family members try to find a way around it, but not. Do you see a call? No, damn, that child isn't going with you either. So yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's hard. And for people that don't know what ne- um, NAS is, it's neonatal abstinence syndrome. So it is the baby um, withdrawing from the substance that mom is taking because a lot of them cross over into the placenta. So if the mom tests positive for weed, the baby will too. If the, you know, so they're, um, the babies, it's very, it's, it's hard to watch. They have uncontrollable tremors to the yes. point where they can't eat. They're pooping, they're screaming, like they are withdrawing 
they have the DTs, mm-hmm. like, and it and it's it's bad. And a lot of the way so, they're very um, agitated, agitated. Yeah, yeah. stiff and rigid. It's horrible. It's horrible. And a lot of them they can't keep their food down, so they're like gag. Like the one today, he had a little gagging fit while I was assessing him, and I was just like, oh my goodness gracious, like we got to get you to the NICU. Um, and so what ends up happening to these babies is um, a lot of times they will go to the NICU. We will put them on, um, you know, a substance, whether it be morphine um, or, you know, whatever the protocol calls for. And we will slowly work them off um, so they don't have a crisis trying to withdraw. It's like DTs. Like we have to give you a little something and then work you off. And so it's, it is an epidemic and it happens way more than it should. Um, and, you know, I, I can't say I'm mad at it. And it, I don't think it's 100% foolproof. I, I definitely think that there needs to be a holistic approach to it, but it's a start because yeah. Jesus, them babies. Yeah, right. And just to, to throw in there, there's levels to NAS now. Uh-huh. <laughs> It is. It all, is. All the um babies wind up um having to get morphine or anything. Yeah. yeah. Have some of the milder symptoms, and so um when the baby is born, um I guess just depending on where you are, that determines when they start scoring the baby. Mm-hmm. And some may test positive for whatever in their system, but still be okay. Maybe just some mild symptoms. And yeah, yeah, we try to keep them in the nursery as long as possible. So my mm-hmm. little one that I had uh, today, he was able to hang out overnight and do what we call honeymooning, but then he went from zero to 60. And so it is, there is a scoring system. All of them do not have to go to the NICU, but the ones, when I think about a bill like this, I'm thinking of those. those. Yeah. The ones who, you know, you're in the NICU for weeks and it, it's, it's not good. And then long-term, there are a lot of like, you know, ADHD and behavioral, um, uh, patterns that we see with these kids long term and so it just makes their life harder than it has to be period yeah um for something that they didn't do and it's not and something that can be preventable that's mm-hmm. preventive um so yeah usually the moms that are on like in a rehab facility and in treatment and the babies um uh, like you know mom has methadone and baby also tests positive i feel like because they do a lot i feel like they do a lot better than um just the candy bag my mom's like percocet mom is percocet like the, those those kids <laughs> those kids are a little bit i feel like i send a lot less of the um, methadone babies Mm-hmm. Up, like to the NICU versus um, because I feel like the dosage is a little bit more controlled mm-hmm. and because it's being prescribed um, we try to have a little bit better handle on it yeah. versus people who are just out here like living their best lives mm-hmm. so. yeah. yeah and I think um, I think with that that case especially if mom is nursing that also helps just mm-hmm. because maybe you're still, you're still getting a little bit yep yeah. and with methadone we actually will let them yeah still breastfeed so mm-hmm. um if you are on you know in a program you can still breastfeed your baby um mm-hmm. and now if there's anything plus methadone we discourage it oh yeah right yeah nah nah Absolutely. nah <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah man that's well i'm interested to see how it develops man um yeah. but they're you know 
It's a complex situation. It is. There's a lot of factors that you have to take into consideration. You know. Yep. Prison time isn't always the answer. It's know? not. No, and I don't think that that's the end all be all. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it should be some kind of program, but then again, there are some people that you know, they don't think fat meat is greasy, and uh, they just need some consequence. Right now, aside from the baby being removed, I don't know of any you know other consequence that the mom has. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I think that if the consequences were a little bit heavier or stiffer or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, because the ultimate goal of DCF is to get the the baby back with the mom, right? Um, then maybe we'll have some different outcomes. Maybe that mom won't come back in two months again, pregnant and addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. I've had babies in the NICU like the baby's been here so long, and I was like, I'm pregnant again. Like, wait, 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 what? How? <laughs> I mean, you know how? But <laughs> you ain't took this one home. Come get your baby. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 complex, and jail is not the ultimate, you know, answer. Right. Um, everybody in the situation needs help. Um, but I can see what they're trying to do. I see it. You see it. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> and no glasses on. I see what you're trying to do now. <laughs> now whether or not it's gonna work, <laughs> but I see right. it. So, uh yes, so we will be right back with our main segment. All right, so welcome back to your Health is Good podcast. So we're going to get right into the um the main portion of our um podcast, which is um chronic stress and the heart. Basically, just what stress is, um, how it affects your body, how it affects your health. Um, it's been said that stress can kill you, and so we're going to go into what that means exactly we about to give y'all the tea the tea. <laughs> okay like stress can kill me but how well there's more <laughs> um so chronic stress um puts your heart at risk so you know february is heart health month and so um last week we talked about your blood pressure and you know one of the tips that donna had was like to make sure that you're decreasing stress um when we talk about heart attack symptoms and stroke um we always talk about like reducing stress and i don't think that people really go into enough as to um what that means and why that is so important and so we're about to give you guys a little bit of knowledge put some salt on it like the guy like salt bay a little (laughs) bit of knowledge and a little bit of um a call to action for you guys to take some steps to reduce your stress so let's talk about it okay so stress is a normal part of life right like things happen and stress happens. It is a normal part to life. The issue becomes <clears throat> when stress does not stop. And the reason it's an issue is because God is so great that he built our bodies with a stress response. And if you overuse the stress response, you are going to have problems. So let's say you're walking home from okay. work. Mm-hmm. You hear a dog, mm-hmm. and you don't like dogs. We didn't seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to work out well for me. Mm-hmm. A part of your brain called the hypothalamus um, will set off an alarm to your body. All of these hormones come out. 
So um, it goes to your kidneys, go to your, like your adrenal glands on your kidneys. Um, and it causes for adrenaline to happen. So your it's called your fight or flight response. Mm -hmm. So really, like if somebody make you mad or you feel some type of way, that feeling that overtakes you when you get into a fight, when you like run up, get done up, that is adrenaline. That is a stress response mm -hmm. um, that your body has. So the adrenaline increases your heart rate, elevates your blood pressure, and increases um, your energy supply. So that's why you're like, man, I don't work out, but I was able to throw them hands today. It's because of your stress response. Like I worked out in 10 years, I feel good. I feel good. A lot of times people don't even realize that you've been injured until after the fight because your adrenaline, you have all this energy and you're just like, I'm about to get it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, so, um, Adrenaline increases your heart rate, elevates your blood pressure, boosts your energy. Cortisol, which is the primary stress hormone, increases your energy um, through increasing the amount of sugar or glucose in your bloodstream. So this helps your brain um, have extra energy to use, as well as for your muscles or your tissue to have um, extra energy to draw from. So it um it is not able to differentiate what is like an essential stress like you running for your life okay. versus you being angry because somebody pissed you off at work okay. your body doesn't know your body's just like oh we oh oh it's a problem Mm -hmm. here comes adrenaline here comes cortisol and we're here mm -hmm. another thing um when you are using your fight or flight because your body perceives that you are in danger what happens is you are um your body's like okay other things can take a back seat right now because we got a problem that we're trying to okay. handle so all of your your energy goes into solving this stressor. So it alters your immune system responses and it suppresses um, your digestive system. It, um, it suppresses your reproductive system and growth. So your body's like, oh, no, no, no. We'll come back to producing sperm or eggs. We, we, we'll figure that out later. But right now, what we about to do right now though, <laughs> right <laughs> it snatch you up um so your body's stress response is usually what we call self-limiting so if something is self-limiting that means that when the stressor is over once you like you done ran 10 miles you ran like forest and the dog is gone mm -hmm. your body's like oh okay we can relax okay <laughs> like not a big deal the moment has passed. The yeah. moment has passed. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't fight. We flighted, it or we didn't flight it. We didn't get food out. We fought. <laughs> once, once the perceived danger is gone, the way it's supposed to work is yeah. that your body goes back to things as normal. What happens is when we are under chronic stress, stress all of the time, your body is constantly pushing out adrenaline and cortisol 
And so what happens is the increase in glucose, the increase in blood pressure, it is something that continues and that is not good for your health. Yeah, I can, I can see how that can be. <laughs> yeah, so we have people who have diabetes and are also struggling because they just live in a bad environment. So their boyfriend cheated on them three days ago. They hate the job. Um, the kids are bad. And so they're constantly in this fight or flight mode where you already have diabetes, your glucose is already high, and now your body, in a response to all of this stress, is like, oh, we need more sugar, get more sugar out here. Yeah. Bruh. That's a problem. Yeah. Same for people that if you already have high blood pressure, allowing things to rev you up to get you in fight or flight response all of the time mm -hmm. is going to elevate you already have high blood pressure and your body's like we need more help more like more hormones more cortisol yeah. more adrenaline mm -hmm. and that's going to elevate your blood pressure even more yeah um so and on top of that with that chronic stress those same things so your growth um we see that a lot in kids so the, the growth being stunted, the reproductive, your digestive, and your immune system, like you are literally, the body's like, oh, we ain't worried about that right now. We busy fighting a war right now. Yeah. Right? So it literally is making you sick. Your immune system is your body's way of defending itself. So you're constantly in the defense, mm -hmm. in the physical, on the outside, but you are weakening your body's internal defense. And that's a word. Don't be fighting. The, ba the battle is not yours. Okay? <laughs> it's the Lord. You better come. That's a word. Don't be so busy fighting on the outside that now your body can't even do what it needs to do to re-energize for an internal fight to protect you, you against <laughs> mm -hmm. Hit the organ. <laughs> yes. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thou saith unto you right. thus said the Lord in 2019 we are too blessed to be stressed yeah. and your body literally cannot take it right. um, and so what happens is long term um, use of your body's stress response will lead to overexposure of these hormones and it jacks up your whole body so it puts you at increased health risk for anxiety depression um, digestive problems headaches sleep problems weight gain memory and concentration impairment and heart disease which right. is why we are talking about it on today right um, so it's really important that you understand this now what is even more interesting is that with your with kids we also recently started doing more screenings so the um, adverse childhood event screenings or the aces screenings um, we use because we are finding that kids have the same problem they are being exposed to the stressors of their parents um, and because of this they are um, they are constantly in um, fight or flight, and they are more likely to develop hypertension, mm -hmm. asthma, um, and a lot of these chronic diseases because mm -hmm. their body is constantly pumping out these steroids, mm -hmm. hypertension. Um, 
and it's not it's not beneficial so yeah. stress not only for you but you need to also check the environment um that your child is in right, so a lot right. of times when um you come into a, our pediatric appointment so we recently started this um i want to say late last year so our ACE screening, and there's a lot of different ways to screen for ACE, um, but our ACE screenings, there is, we don't ask directly like which one of these things are you suffering from, but it'll say, you know, have you been homeless? Have you had, has a family member been incarcerated? Have you recently lost a loved one? So if any of these things in the box um, pertain to you, you write the number. So if there's, there's like maybe 12, things on there if mm -hmm. three of them pertain to you then you write three if then in the second box if there's none then you write zero mm -hmm. the patients that have um four or more we consider a positive ace screen so then we ask mom hey i see that your ace screen came back positive is there something we can help you with here are resources that we have um, because we know that a lot of the things that happen outside of here, you know, I'm not trying to be in your business, but any, we know a lot of the things that happen outside of here can really impact the health of you and your family. And so we want to make sure that we're meeting, helping you guys meet all of your needs as best we can. Um, and they really appreciate that because we are seeing our kids and our, especially black and brown kids, because we're already at risk for everything under the sun. Right. Um, get sick younger and a lot of it has to deal with chronic stress yeah so Which makes sense because the children are going to be impacted by mm -hmm. whatever stress is going on in the home i mean yep. the parents they think they're keeping it just between the two of them mm -hmm. it's observe and they yep. absorb yep. and they kind of internalize it mm -hmm. some think they they can fix it Yep. Um, or may think that they're the problem, the cause of it. Right. So, I mean, it covers like divorces, all mm -hmm. of that. Like, so if you guys have a positive ACE, okay, do, you know, can we get you to talk to, you know, our social worker and maybe get you guys some, you know, in-home therapy or some other interventions that we can do that will assist, assist in decreasing um, this ACE screen. I mean, we even have law services now in our office. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, to help with like housing and you know all these other issues. Mm -hmm. If you may have somebody who was incarcerated and you guys are trying to navigate that, and the parents, a lot of times in our own stress responses, we either forget that other people are impacted. Yeah, like the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, we forget about ourselves because we're trying to deal with the situation. Mm -hmm. And then also with kids, it's important to understand like kids have their own set of stresses. True. Particularly now with school, bullying, trying to figure out their life, um, mm -hmm. they also have their own set of stresses. So it is important that we are uh, addressing and identifying these things because the impact on your body is real. Um, mm -hmm. And if if nothing else, so you know, like the headaches, the muscle tension, all of that comes from this chronic um, stress response. When you ever been in a situation, Eve, where you're like scared? And you got the BGs. Oh, <laughs> the bubble guts. Okay, yeah, I know it took me a second. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the stress, that, that is a stress response. 
Um, and also, it can change, like, change in sex drive. Mm-hmm. It's out here getting people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very important that we are managing our stress because it it definitely impacts your heart. So the increase in pressure, your work, your heart is having to work harder to pump that blood. We talked last week about, you know, the importance of your blood contracting, um, contracting and relaxing mm-hmm. um, and its ability to do its job. Um, when you have glucose, high glucose in your um, blood, which I'm really excited to show you guys the, um, the video that we have planned to show you like what blood sugar does, but it makes your blood thicker. And so you're feeding your body glucose, your heart's already trying to work as hard as it can, and you're pushing mm-hmm. sludge through the engine of your body. Mm-hmm. Because you already, you ha- have this constant elevated glucose from the stress response. And mm-hmm. so eventually you will have a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem, Bob. Mm-hmm. You'll have an icebox where your heart used to be. Oh, Marion. Yeah. It's the only heart song I feel like I can. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eve has some really, really um, great strategies for us on how to decrease our stress. Yes. Um, let's see. Okay. There are just a, a few simple tips that help reduce those stress factors. Um, you know, just again, real simple in the sense to, to just kind of um, bring those stress levels down and, you know, just make life a little bit more, uh, I guess, doable or easier to get through, whatever that stressor may be. And one thing you can do is to, um, is setting boundaries. I feel like we've discussed this before. Um, learning when to say no. Um, sometimes our stress is not necessarily caused by um, lack of a job or maybe a relationship issue. Sometimes we just want to help everybody so much and we just can't say no to anybody that it will stress us up, stress us out and cause those um levels of uh, blood pressure and blood sugar and all those things to go up to where they shouldn't be so just learning how to say no and just leave it at that and whoever you're saying no to they'll be okay if you don't help them or do this or whatever it is that you own that they think you want to commit to sometimes just saying no will be what you need to bring some much needed peace to your life (laughs) um let me see another tip on here. It's just clearing out clutter. And that's kind of a double-edged sword because sometimes the stress can cause the clutter, but the clutter increases the stress. So um, just taking some time out each day. Um, like I have a friend who says her room is just a mess. She's got like piles of uh, mail and clothes and all this other stuff going on and it's just a a lot in her room in your room to me that is really your place of peace that should be where you can just unwind at the end of the day so if you go into your room your personal sanctuary and it's a mess then yeah I can see how that can stress you out 
So just taking out a little bit of time each day to maybe just tackle one little pile here or a little pile there and just trying to come with a strategy to help you um, really keep that clutter under control. Um, so that is another way. Let's see. Also, okay, this one might be easier said than done, but relationships can definitely be stressful. So cutting out those negative ones can really help um, bring your stress levels down. So, um, hmm, yeah, just cut out those negative relationships, those, um, and not necessarily your intimate ones. It can be just um, coworkers, for example. You may work with some people who just are full of drama and they always have something negative to say and they just don't really ever have like a good perspective on much of anything and they're in a sense toxic. You don't necessarily have to have lunch with them all the time or um, engage with them. Um, so in that sense, cutting out the, um, the, those types of relationships. And then again, sometimes those relationships are a little bit, um, take a little more work, especially when we're talking about close family members or um, intimate relationships that can be negative or toxic, but just finding ways to maybe um, decrease or do, um, or eliminate those relationships, though difficult, can absolutely be helpful. Let's see, we, we got to cut out negative relationships, decrease your clutter, learn how to say no. Um, Ah, another one would be delegate um, or automate whatever it is that you can. Because um, sometimes, you know, we're, we're so busy, you know, we've got kids, we've got work, we've got church, extracurricular activities, uh, we're in organizations, um, we are committed and just overextended and some things, sometimes it, it's just a lot to just go through the day-to-day -day motions so just finding other ways to just really automate some things like one good example is grocery delivery service that is something i've used several times good job. yeah and there's an opinion out there that people who use delivery services for groceries oh you're just lazy you don't want to go to the store well not necessarily it could be i've got a b c d and e going on and running up to the store it's not something I have on my plate right now. So mm -hmm. if I could just get on my phone and say, hey, I need you to bring me some, I was going to say milk. <laughs> <laughs> not the wrong kind. Some vegetables, some noodles, <laughs> and some meat, and some lunchables for my kid, and just bring it to my door. That would just help me out so much. Mm -hmm. I don't have to, you know, go to the store and deal with the lines and take my kids with me and they're asking me for 45 different things. I don't have to have the don't touch nothing. You ain't getting nothing talking to my kid before you go in the store. Just things like that can just really help decrease those stress levels. And it's something that you can, that should be considered if your life is so busy. Any way that you could automate some of those processes, do it, do it. Um, Cause it, it again, um, stress can have a negative impact if it's chronic, you know, something that's going on over an extended period of time. And um, let's see. And another one 
this is another one that may be um difficult but necessary is living within your means okay hmm. yes hmm. you better preach the word <laughs> credit card debt can be a stressor yeah um yeah, period base yeah true debt period can be a stressor um having a lot of bills that you don't necessarily need to have um that can be a stressor especially if the reason that these things are being done is so that you can keep up an appearance um but it's like stressing you out and your your needs aren't getting met because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses for lack of a better way of putting it. Who are the Joneses and why are we always keeping up with them? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd rather not. <laughs> um, yeah. And sometimes just, just wanting to live this lifestyle that you can afford can cause stress that you just do not need in your life. Um, this wanting to have instant gratification. So we put ourselves into debt trying to get the latest, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. But then you have to try to figure out how you're going to pay for it later. All and, those people that go on vacation and then the whole time they're on vacation, they're stressed about, about how they're going to get home, whether or not their lights are going to be on, mm-hmm. but you on vacation and doing it for the gram. You know, I get it. YOLO. You only live once. But there's got to be a balance. <laughs> there is. There has, there's a balance. And if you are struggling with for financial and the finances, go back and listen to the Broke Black Girl. Um, the episode was really dope. We had Daisha Kennedy on, the founder of the Broke Black Girl. Um, join the group on Facebook. It is it's dope. Yeah. Yeah. And some other things that um, I, I could just throw out there, just um, things I've done that have helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being so stressed journaling um doesn't have to anything be anything crazy you could just get a regular pen and pad and just write your thoughts out just raw unfiltered uncut mm-hmm. on paper something about getting it down just kind of helps to it could be cathartic um you can get, do one of those guided journals if you kind of need like a prompt to kind of help you get going so there's a few different ways you can go about journaling um taking a personal day we've discussed this before haven't we yes um, self-care sunday <laughs> and to go back and listen to our self-care sunday it's like one of our most popular um episodes because i think it hit home for a lot of people like yeah. we do not take care of ourselves well enough um and just like you said a couple of thoughts on you know the suggestions the stuff about toxic relationships that yeah. stuff even includes your family um mm-hmm. if you if your family member just because you are blood related does not mean that you um have to tolerate disrespect or stress um and don't allow people to become burdens to you like so before they were your family member before that was your cousin um that was god's child first and so we're gonna send him back to the manufacturer and we're gonna pray on that situation like when your phone is broke you take it back to the manufacturer when people be cutting up, take take it to the manufacturer because he's the only one can fix it. And we're going to leave them right there because you do not have to. You mm-hmm. have to love people, but also set boundaries. And it's really, really important because it it is literally bad for your health. Yeah. Same yeah. with jobs, mm-hmm. um, coworkers, all of it. All of it really is about um, setting boundaries. And there's actually a book 
about boundaries that I think I may add in the show notes. Um, that is actually a really good book and snatch my whole life together because Eve will tell y'all, I am miss take every appointment, all the appointments. Like, all the things uh, anybody need help like oh your mama need help too okay we'll do that tonight we'll do this tonight but you know I had to start setting some boundaries and um you know declining some things and also automating delegating particularly us as black and brown women um we try to take care of everybody and everything and so I had to get to a point where I was okay with my husband doing the laundry and I also had to be okay with it not being the way that my OCD behind does the laundry the clothes are washed that is it he also has taken over, um, like, you know, helping, helping me clean up around the house. Again, not always the way that I would do it, but I'm grateful for him. And it's no longer a stressor to me. Mm-hmm. And um, lastly, um, if you, if you don't even want to go as far as having your groceries delivered, that's a blessing from the Lord. Um, Walmart grocery pickup, honey, that's true. let me tell you, because that's free. So even if you can't afford to, you know, subscribe to, you know, your Instacarts or anything like that, you can always do Walmart grocery pickup for free 99. And it's, it's something from the Lord. Um, I've shown, I will order the groceries, me and my husband go over the grocery list and he go pick them things up and I ain't got to put them up no more. And that, that blesses my soul. That's true. Kroger does it, um, does it as well. Okay. Um, and Meyer, which is a, a chain um, up here in the Midwest, um, particularly in, in Michigan, they they do um, grocery pickup also. So you've got options. You do. You do. So find ways to delegate and make space for yourself. Um, always remember that the people that you love the most, um, if you have a heart attack and die, guess, guess what? You're not going to be saving anybody that you're trying to save right now. That's true. <laughs> Let's see. Um, again, yeah taking that personal day um it could be once a week every other week just something that is consistent where you can just kind of get to yourself and just do some things just for you um and and that could be taking a bath maybe you Mm -hmm. binge watch your favorite show for that day it's just really just a day for you to unplug speaking of unplug social media breaks i'll suggest that again um Mm -hmm. Just because we see so much on our timelines um, and you've got these internet trolls, these internet gangsters out here, um, you've got folks um, out here just saying whatever without any, just to really um, incite, get an emotional response out of people and it really just may not be found on anything. Um, So just kind of taking a break occasionally. Stay out the comment section yeah I don't even I just don't even and clean up your social media because you are what you eat and I think a lot of times people will do that physical cleanse but that spiritual and mental cleanse like if you somebody and you be cutting up on your Facebook guess what we can still be friends but I I probably don't follow you and so shout out to everybody that don't know I don't follow them and be like did you see me in I was like oh girl no let me go look oh child shout out to the uh, folks that I have unfriended <laughs> and they have yet to discover that yeah <laughs> shout, out, shout out to you not really knowing uh that I don't even be listening to nothing you come out of your mouth not that I don't love you but because um it's not good for my health like I'm tr- if I'm trying to stop cussing I don't need to see all your posts about you cutting up and cussing that's not going to help me so just watch what you're feeding yourself um physically and um and 
spiritually and mentally. And one thing that we, I have found very helpful is my husband and I, um, when we get home from work, we just take 30 minutes. We turn on some worship music and, you know, we'll cook dinner and just kind of take 30 minutes just to get home and be home for a second before we get to tending to, you know, oh, we got to do the budget, got to do this. Because after work, you know, we have a lot of stuff that we're trying to get done. Um, but it is imperative that you don't transition from one set of stressors. So coming from um from work so when you before you come home and do your routine with the kids just take 30 minutes just to be home and you know the stuff will be there that needs to get done this is true oh and also get a crock pot it'll bless your life (laughs) the ones that you can set and to come home and that orange warm light be on and my house is feeling like heaven (laughs) okay find find ways to make your life easier because it's it's out there yeah yeah and don't feel like you have to do it all you do not have to do it all yeah because if you are consistently running at a rate you're going to burn out and then nothing's going to get done nothing at all and (laughs) you know for those single parents that are working three and four jobs yeah i i understand um that i i don't i cannot I have not been there, but I can definitely understand um, the mindset and you trying to provide. But just remember, too, that it's also important that your babies have um, a parent here. Um, and so everything is about balance. And your heart literally cannot take it. You will, you will literally run yourself to death. You will literally run yourself to a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and next week in our main segment, we will be... Um, definitely discussing um the signs and symptoms of things so people can have a better understanding as to what they're looking for because heart attacks don't always look like what you see on tv and i don't think that that's what people um that's what a lot of people don't understand Mm -hmm. i agree absolutely yes all right well we will be right back with our health highlights. I'm a look. I'm a get an album. 